Alright, we should be good. Just talk so I can make sure it's recording you. Does it look good? My bars are bouncing. That sounds kind of funny. <laughs> I'll leave that in there. <laughs> Alright. Oh, that's hilarious. Are you kicking this off? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Well, welcome back to another episode of Marketing, Management, and Money. I'm your host, uh, Ethan Miller. I should probably introduce. I'm here with your host, Ryan Murray, and I'm the other host, Ethan Miller. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's rude to always say me before you, right? Isn't isn't that proper English that you should put yourself last? I think proper English kind of went away a few decades ago. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Texting destroyed English. Pretty much. <laughs> so, Well, today we wanted to talk um, on a marketing subject and, and specifically social media. And as we talk about this a lot, you know, we interact with people, we manage groups and teams that uh, do some social media, um, both, you know, on, on various aspects. Um, you know, I don't know that I consider myself an expert, but certainly um, I deal with it enough to, to be highly dangerous. Well, man, that, that, that was a good disclaimer. Can't sue me for anything I say here for. Uh, no, I, you know, we, we spoke about this a little bit in preparation of this episode. And um, I, I really want to, you know, frame uh, this episode in the sense that neither you nor I really delve directly into social media. That's just never been... Uh, never been in an area of focus. However, both you and I end up overseeing teams that they do the social media. And the more I thought about it, see, at first I was a little bit hesitant to uh, to really delve into you know a social media episode because I didn't want to create a situation where we're trying to you know explain, hey, do this, do this, do this. Um, but as I started thinking about it, and I ran this past you and you you kind of, uh, you know, agreed, was the concept of most entrepreneurs actually are not experts in social media. And so how often do we find ourselves as an entrepreneur having to either outsource uh, some of that social media management or, uh, you know, trying to decide whether it's worth being you know, getting that expertise, right. uh, you know, how much, how much of our own time and effort should we put into it? Um, you know, and I've made conscious efforts with, uh, you know, with this business, uh, that, uh, that I run to limit my social media in favor of more profitable activities, you right. know, trying to, trying to go after what actually pays the bills rather than trying to go after what makes me feel good. Cause you know, 10,000 people like me now that I've never met before. You know, uh, so I think we're going to look at some social media management. Yes. And I, and I think that's a great approach is, is the side of it because most of the time when I'm having conversations with people about social media, it's the do's and the don'ts and the educational piece of it. Mm -hmm. So that, um, because I, you know, I'm not going to be the one who's going to say, you know, use this specific app to, to manage the release dates. Yeah. Okay. But I am going to say, Hey, look, there are apps out there that you can create the content in one day and then have it released um, on a time clock over various days or times out into the future so that you're not feeling like every day I have to be just doing social media. Yeah. 
And so that I think that's kind of I agree with you on the angle is that the management side of the social media, um, because there's many people in roles that social media is all around them, but they don't if they're not educating themselves in and about it and how it functions, you're at a huge disadvantage. Yeah. And uh, so for me, I want to put a couple of key questions out there that we're going to discuss throughout this episode. Uh, one of those key questions is what kind of prioritization should your social media marketing get? Like how important is it to the overall business? And this is not an opinionated question. I, I really want to put that out there that this is not something where you're just like, oh, I don't know. I kind of like social media or someone's like, oh, you know, I, I prefer other things. It's like, no, this this should be a data-driven decision of how much, you know, social media marketing you should be doing for your business. And it's not actually that difficult to to figure out. Um the other thing, the other key question that I want to make sure that we cover in our discussion today is how do we know if I have other people, so I've either outsourced my social media marketing or maybe I've hired a team, you know, I've got people that work for me that, you know, I went and hired the youngest people that applied because since they're young, clearly they know how to do social media. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying this facetiously, but honestly, I know so many businesses that literally have hired someone to do their social media marketing just because that person is young. Yeah. And, and they assume that there's like, well, you're on social media. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a difference between being on social media and doing social media marketing. And so, you know, we should talk about that difference. But that goes into this. How do you know? How do you manage your social media marketing? And how do you know if that social media marketing is working or not working? And so those are two big questions that I definitely want to delve in. And then there's a couple side, you know, side comments or conversations that I think are going to spin off of, you know, those those key questions as well. So which one do you want to start with first? A lot of times I like the, you know, how, how do you know if it's working? Because that's, you know, you and I were talking about conversion rates mm-hmm. and and things like that, that are, you know, become some indicators of how effective it is or isn't. You know, I think that would be a great, great way to start because um, that's going to lead itself into how, you know, how big of a priority it should be. Because if it's not working for you, it should be a low priority, you know. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. So, so yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, you know, with this idea of how do we know if it's working and, uh, and what, you know, what do we, what do we look for? So the, the first thing that I want to talk about is as an entrepreneur, or as the business owner, you should not be the expertise in everything. I am not the expertise in social media. However, you are required to have enough knowledge to know if the people that you have hired, whether that's internal or external, if they are doing a good job and you need to have, you know, an understanding of of what a good job is and what a good job isn't. And so I'm going to start it off with this and then we'll kind of delve into some some more specifics. This is just kind of some generalizations or some things that you should do. So first off, there's a ton of real quick trainings out there. Yes. If, if you want to get an some idea. Great trainings. Yeah. And so hop online, you know, uh, I'm not going to necessarily endorse one over another, but there are so many, uh, you know, so many excellent trainings. And I would say take one, if you're not, if you're trying to understand social media, there's some ones that will just be like social media 101 or social media for beginners. Take one of those 
and then take from there one of the specific uh, areas, whether that's content management, whether that's um, SEO, mm-hmm. and then focus on each one of those individually versus trying to find the next great big general one. Yeah. Like, do a general overview and then start to specialize or take very specific trainings that will help you focus. Yeah. And, and, and so... Uh, so that's something that, that I would say right off the bat is take some training. If, if, if you are completely unfamiliar with social media, take some training. If, even if you're familiar with it, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's a big enough uh, marketing piece out there that you should be just adding that to kind of your ongoing training repertoire. We've done some recent episodes about training, the importance of training. Uh, that's something to just add into your, your ongoing. But with that, I also want want to point out the importance of getting a trusted network. Uh, so find other business owners yeah. and make sure that as you have questions that pop up, you need to be able to run those questions past someone else who's kind of as clueless as you. And I, I <laughs> say that offensively on purpose to, you know, to joke a little bit, but really if you, uh, you know, if, if you're always asking the experts, you're never going to understand it at your level. You need to ask other business owners and just be like, hey, what are you doing with your social media? And is that working for you? And then find out what is really happening with other businesses mm-hmm. so that you can kind of gauge where you fit in. Are, are you doing better than other businesses? Are you falling behind? Are you pretty much on par? You know, and so I would develop that network. And that network needs to be bigger than one guy. You know, if you and one guy gripe about social media marketing together, mm, that's probably not a network. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, join your chamber of commerce, get online, read some forums, uh, yeah. you know, reach out. Uh, you should have at least a half a dozen people that you can kind of ask, hey, what are you doing? And get different. They don't have to be in the same industry, you know. And, and there's always industry groups out mm-hmm. there that you can join where they're talking about specific issues inside of it. So there, there are social media groups that are out there as a network of people where they're, they're posting uh, things they've learned. Oh, here's a new t- tip. Here's an educational piece. that was fantastic that helped me develop this. Um, you know, here's something that I learned about creator tools that was allowed me to be more effective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, watch, watch out there, especially on LinkedIn. There's all kinds of groups out there. If you start searching them out, you'll find them and, They're fantastic to join. Now, I want to put one more little uh, piece out on this, and then we'll start getting into some specific things that you and I do when we manage uh, groups overseeing some social media. Uh, But the piece that I want to put out there is if you don't have time for this, then you don't have budget to spend on social media. Stop wasting your money. Well, And that's the number one thing I tell people when I see them. Look, social media takes time. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the time, then then you've got to outsource it. But but even then, it is a mistake to outsource it if you're not willing mm. to spend a minimum That's amount right. of time. Like if you can't carve out an hour a week to just keep up on your social media marketing goals, then if you start hiring someone and expecting them to just magically make everything work. Especially because then they're going to just start making stuff up because if you're not actually providing them with some good depth for content and where you want to take it, you're in trouble because they'll just have to wing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be frustrated when something gets put out there that you're not happy with. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so those are kind of the big yeah. picture where, you know, I would say before you ever get into social media marketing, 
you know, make sure that you're at least, you know, educating yourself, willing to spend some time developing your own network and so that you can, you know, kind of have that foundation. So with that, um, you know, let's, let's jump into what are, what are the specific things? What are some of the specific things you're looking for, Ethan, when, uh, when you're managing a social media project or a group or, you know, you're outsourcing it? Um, well, we've talked about the educational piece. That's always big for me so that you understand it. The next one is I always like to look at um, the conversion rate. Okay. You know, so when I'm starting to put content out there, how many people are viewing it, but also how many people are going deeper into it? Mm-hmm. You know, are they actually uh, following that prompt of, you know, of where we're, that call to action that we should be putting out there to, to go down through it? And um, if not, then why is our conversion rate high or low? Mm-hmm. Starting with that, because that gives me then an idea to say, okay, if we know the conversion rate is industry normals, and then we're doing a lot of things right, we're going to continue to do it, you know, because that conversion conversion rate. Well, let me explain convert. Does it conversion rate? Because I don't, I don't know yeah. if everyone quite under. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty sense. common, but go go ahead and well, okay. When you explain it, and maybe I'll jump in, I want to talk about different conversion rates because they're not, you know, there are different well, ways of looking at it. So go ahead okay. with, with kind of yeah. your definition and so then I, I've got some things to the add. The base idea of the conversion rate, like I said, is it, it's when I put content out there, how many people, initial views does it get? Okay. Okay. So I get a thousand hits on this piece of content I put out there. And I'm assuming if I'm doing it from a business perspective, it should be driving more business into my website or whatever it is to, to where they're looking at product or my services more in depth. Okay. Well, if, if I'm not getting the conversion, meaning they're, they're seeing the site, now they're going to do something deeper inside of my business, i.e. purchase something. Why are they not doing that? Why am I not converting them from a perspective sale to a sale? Mm-hmm. So excellent. Uh, I want to I want to kind of build on that with the the specific way that I look at it. So when I'm talking about conversion rate, I'm always building my sales funnel, and a sales mm-hmm. funnel is a pretty common yeah. tool. It's been around long before social media marketing ever was a thing. That's right. You know, and so when I'm looking at the sales funnel, uh, so the first thing that I'm doing with my conversion rate. I mean, you talked about views, and that is a conversion rate. But I'm looking at. I'm saying, okay, what's the top of my funnel? And how does that ultimately funnel down to a sale? And so I'm actually looking at a couple different conversion rates. And for simplicity, you know, if I'm if I'm outsourcing a project, I'm always going to have a sales conversion rate. Now, this is bad marketing if that is your goal because not everything directly relates to a sale. But it's also bad marketing if it's not your goal. And so what I recommend is having a sales goal from this activity, but also having a pipeline that feeds that. And where I see the mistakes is people, they, they fail to recognize that conversion rates have to happen the entire length of the pipeline. And so if I want to start with like, okay, number of views is going to convert to number of clicks or number of likes, and then that's going to convert to, uh, you know, number comments. of comments and, and links to the website. And then from that, uh, you know, how many people end up on my, you know, actually shopping page and then how many yeah. sales follow through, you know, like there's this entire pipeline 
when I'm managing a project, a lot of times what I'll see is I'll see people that they'll get too hung up on those early stage, you know, metrics. They'll, they'll look at how many views they're getting or how many leads. They're like, oh my gosh, I got 3,000 leads. Cool. Now what's your conversion rate from those leads? Right. You know, and, and so um, so th- that's one big thing is uh, if you don't have a sales pipeline, a sales funnel, and if you can't clearly define every step of that pipeline, then you definitely need some work before you get too serious. And I've seen a lot of companies, you know, they'll contract with someone and they'll pay them, you know, 1500 bucks a month to do social media marketing plus ad spend, you know, like that's just, that's just the service <laughs> fee. And then they're paying, you know, maybe another 1500 bucks a month on, on the ad spend. And so they're into this three grand a month. And, and I'm like, okay, three grand a month for one single marketing activity. If I was going to invest, you know, $30,000 in marketing, because that's how I'm looking at this annually, mm-hmm. I better have, you know, some outcomes, some expectations for my for my $30,000, or else I'm just wasting money, you know, and like, how much would I, how much would I spend for that? Like $30,000, that's a big trade and, show, you know. And here's the, here's the cool part that most people ignore is that um, because we're using social media, it doesn't change the industry standard or what we should be spending on on that industry and in marketing to get conversion rates. So oh, yes. does it make sense? So if I go and I look at, hey, I'm, I'm selling cars and I'm just going to use social media. Well, on average, what does other car dealers who spend it on advertising, what are they spending and what is that conversion rate? Mm-hmm. Well, it should be similar for social media. Or better. Or, or possibly better, but you at know. least the same. Yeah. And when I say or better, I'm not saying that it's a superior uh, market medium. I'm saying that for me to invest my dollars, it better be a superior market medium. And, yes, yes. And, and so... Otherwise, if, why aren't you just using radio or TV or whatever yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. Pe- people oftentimes dismiss these old things just because they're old. And I'm like, I don't care how old it is. I care how effective it is. Correct. And, you know, I, uh, I, I had one time. <laughs> so when I first started business consulting, I, uh, I had a guy. He came into my office, and he was a painter, and uh, he just wanted to do um, paints. So when when you had a, a residential build, so he focused on he would do the paintings before they would get the carpet and you know the cabinetry and everything. He would go in and just paint the house, right? And uh, he came to me and he's like, "So uh, I'm thinking about uh, putting an ad in the phone book and running an ad in the newspaper." And, uh, and I probably shared this story. In fact, I know I've shared this story before, but it's still a funny story. So it's worth sharing again. So, uh, and I looked at him and I'm just like, you're an idiot. Those, you know, those are dead. No one uses the phone book. No one reads the newspaper. You need to be online, go social media. And uh, he's like, okay, you know, so we had a, we had a visit and kind of, you know, talked about other stuff of his business and, and I didn't see him for a while. And so he came back into my office maybe a few months later and I asked him, I'm like, how's business going? He's like, it's so crazy. I've had to uh, hire like six new people to keep up with the workflow. Uh, you know, we're just exploding. I'm like, that's awesome. What did you do? And he's like, uh, I put an ad in the newspaper and an ad in the phone book. <laughs> And oh. I, I, I looked at him dead in the eyes, and I said, 
You did everything I told you not to do. It worked fabulously for you. Why in the world are you here? (laughs) (laughs) He said, oh, no, you just told me about a local resource. I just needed to get the information on that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, there you go. Wrote it down for him, and then I never saw him again, right? So, Oh, that's hilarious. You know. (laughs) But the the point of the story is, I mean, yeah, it cracks me up. And I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot to never tell anyone that a certain marketing, you know, approach will not work. Uh, I'm just like, hey, you know what? Marketing works. Uh, you got to find what works for you. But, well, but your point is fantastic, though, because how many people do you talk with that say, hey, teach me about social media? And because that's what they think is going to be the save all for their company. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's not, you know, because a lot of times I like, yeah, social media is free. I get that. But at the same time, you get what you pay for. Right. And so a lot of the most expensive free you'll ever get. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, well, great. Social media is fine, but maybe you should think about having just a good social presence so that it looks like you're not, you know, dead as a company, you know, or the term I love that you coined years ago was a zombie business. Yeah. Okay. So that you're not a zombie business, but why don't why aren't you maybe looking into just doing uh, ads through social media? Because mm-hmm. those sometimes can be more impactful than you actually trying to do your own social media campaign. Even though, arguably, that would be a piece of your social media campaign. Which and this all ties back into that conversion rate. You're looking for your best conversion rates. You're also looking for some diversification. Like if I have an amazing conversion rate on social media, I'm still going to keep something out in the newspaper, just because. I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. And so, you know. And and it's important. So, I mean, this is a hardcore marketing principle that you got to understand this right now is that every generation has their favorite media. Yes. Or medium, I guess. Yeah. And so you need to understand that. So if if you're trying to target a certain group, social media, you might want to be out there, but you might want to be putting more of your money into newspaper. Right. Or a magazine. Right. You know, most people go, Someone reads a magazine nowadays. Uh, they're not dead yet. They're still around. Yeah. And, and there's a, because there's a group or a very specific target market that still want a magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, w- I want to, uh, I want to jump on to another thing that I'm looking for. And this is going to center around two concepts that I'm going to tie into one. And that is content and social. So uh, I heard this once when I was listening to someone talk about social media, and it's such a dumb concept. Everyone should realize this, but for some reason we forget it. He's like, social is social. It's like social media needs to be social, (laughs) meaning that if you're just pushing advertisements, you're not being social. You have to interact with your customers. You have to interact with the people on social media. If you're not willing to do that, it's not the best medium for you, which is actually one of the reasons why with me, I don't do as much social media as I could do. I know that it would benefit my company more to do more social media, but... I also know that I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to be as social on that social media, partly due to just time restraints, partly due to my personality. I'm a very private person, which is ironic that I have a public podcast. Well, so uh, will you go into a little bit more depth? I know the answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to. Oh, no, 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 I got to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) When you say, hey, look, you need to be social on social media and you need to interact with them. 
What does that mean? Okay, so this is where I want to tie in the content for a second. I've seen a lot of companies that all they ever put out is me, me, me content. You know, it's kind of like the the little five-year-old who just screams until he gets your attention and then he just wants to tell you everything. Like, he's not really interested in what's going on in your life. It needs to be a relationship. And so what you're putting out there, if constantly all you're saying is, hey, everybody, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Let me tell you more about myself. You know, unless you're like a huge celebrity, people don't care. And and, and so they're really not interested in you. They're really not interested in what you have going on. They're interested in them. And so you need to look at social media as a way to interact with them, as a way to solve their problems. It needs to be more of a discussion, not a lecture. And so if you're lecturing via social media, if you're constantly telling everyone, okay, this is how you use my product, uh, they're not interested in that. But if you say, hey, I understand your problems. By the way, I have a product for you, you know, if you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I've seen one recently uh, it's a uh, it's it's a health supplement, and I thought it was super interesting that they gave their ingredients and the exact ratio of how to mix those ingredients, and they put that out there, and then they just put below and there's like, but if you'd rather, we already have it pre mixed and you can order it here. Yeah, and and so you know I'm like, wow, that's that's great that you're providing all of this information because honestly, they could find it online if they want to. But I make the argument, why do people go out to dinner? They know how to cook. They have kitchens in their house. They want someone else to cook for them. And they'll pay three, four times as much to go out to dinner as they will to make their own food. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling people, hey, you know, let me give you the recipe. But you're still going to come to my restaurant, you know. Uh, and and it can be as simple as, you know, and I, it's, I see it. I don't, I don't see it as common as I would like to see it. But... When someone from your site posts a review, to go in and make a comment after the review, oh, hey, thanks for your purchase. Love that you came to us. If we can do anything afterwards, let it. You know, I, and that goes back to the old adage. You know, and I and I see it. Um, funny enough, I see it the most on sites like Etsy mm-hmm. that are very personalized, mom pop type businesses, even though there are some things on Etsy, I kind of like Etsy, Etsy, why did you go down this road? Yeah. You know, we wanted, we love Etsy for the homemade, very personalized stuff. And there's now they've strayed away from a little bit, which I hate, but, um, but you know, recently even buying something from Etsy online, they shipped it to me and on the invoice was a little handwritten note. Hey, thanks for, you know, shopping with this. We know you had other choices. We appreciate it. Signed by the owner. Okay, those little things leave huge impressions. That's a big deal, yeah. You know, because you know that they care and they value you, and so you know those are the ones that I tend to patronage year after year after year because I know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And but but sometimes just in the comments, you know, when they leave a review, good or bad, you know what I mean. I, I see that most common is I see when someone says, "Oh, this hotel was horrible" or something like that, and someone responds, "Look, don't know why it was a bad one." You know, if you'll reach out to me directly, we'll get it resolved. Because when you see things like that where they're interacting and it's social, mm-hmm. okay, I know that they care about the customers. I know they're trying to make things have, you know, a good experience for 
their clients. Well, and we know there's a lot of research out there that is showing that there is a growing number of people who are more interested in the relationship sales yes. than they are in the, uh, you know, so traditional sales. And when, when I say traditional, maybe I should say historical. So there was a big period of time, um, and I don't know exactly when it first came about. I would suspect in the 1950s, you know, so uh, markets really changed after the Second World War, right? Yes. And and the way people did business really changed. And so I would suspect that starting in the 1950s, but definitely getting into the 1980s, the idea behind sales was it was high pressure. They would use gimmicks and tactics <laughs> to almost trick you into it. And you get expressions like used car salesman. Yeah. And it's so funny. Uh, so we went and bought a car recently for, uh, I've got uh, a kid in high school and so we were out just buying a cheap used car for him to just drive to high school, right? And every place that I went was anti the t stereotypical used car salesman. I mean, I had one person that said, they're just like, look, if you want to buy anything from me, you can. I'm closing in about 20 minutes. You can check out what you want to see. You know, and he's like, the prices are what they are. Like, I've already posted them. So if you're interested, just let me know. And it wasn't one of these things like, let me go back and talk to my manager. Let me make a deal for you. You know, it was a, a very different approach. Oh, that's so and, funny. And, and so, you know, so, so, so this whole idea of relationship sales is definitely growing yeah. momentum. And I think that social media is fueling a lot of that where it's mm -hmm. very relationship-based because you have reviews, you have this community of people that are constantly, you know, they're, they're fact-checking you. Oh, yes. And, you know, <laughs> and so you have to be honest and upfront and consistent and all these things, and they'll, they will just rail you if you aren't. Uh, you know, and so I think I think that's that's good to recognize the you know the relationship piece. But I want to pivot here for a second because I said I was going to talk about content. One of the mistakes that I've seen uh, with social media marketing is everyone assumes that they can outsource content. I have yet to seen anyone who really does great social media marketing outsource their content. They can outsource mm -hmm. their, you know, uh, how that content is uploaded. They can outsource video creation. They can outsource, you know, they might have some copywriting that they outsource or different things like that. But the actual origination of the content, I've never seen it be successful unless it's coming internally and it just takes time. The problem is everyone everyone wants content, but no one wants to create content. You know, they want AI to do it for them or they <laughs> want an intern to do it for them or something like that. But the problem is, is people don't know your business. And so when you contract with, you know, a social media marketing firm and expect them to generate the content, that's a mistake. Like you need to be generating that content and you need to make sure that that's the content and it's the subtleties, it's the nuances in that content. Because anyone can be like, oh, hey, 
you know, we sell burritos and come eat our burritos. But the owner who, you know, like yeah. I, I, I love going into uh, Cafe Rio and their marketing. I think it's very interesting. They've got TVs up there. And instead of like showing CNN or, you know, mm-hmm. ESPN or something like that on their TVs, all they do is they loop these fresh commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you see them cutting lettuce and like picking avocados and they're like out in the farm and 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 you know so what they're trying to do is they're trying to market this content of freshness and and give you this idea and i'm sure that they used a professional marketing company to come up with that but if you go and see this on the screen you see all this freshness and then you look at the uh, you know the food line and it looks nasty done you know yeah. like you just lost all of that marketing money and so you have to internalize this content you have to you know, you have to create your own content. You you can't you can't outsource that. Yeah, you, know. you you do. You have to have a, a good strong relationship with anyone who's creating the content because it it can stray fast. Yeah, crazy fast. And so then you lose the culture, you lose the message, you lose the the uh, nuances that you have as a business that make you what you are. Mm-hmm. And understand that, you know, I mean, it takes years to build good social media marketing and it takes minutes to lose it. Yes. <laughs> Nowadays, minutes, if they even that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, and that's, you know, that unfortunately, that's one pro about or uh, uh, con about social media is that bad social media can go bad really fast. Mm-hmm. Which, which is another thing. So if you are the one managing the social media, you need to have a risk aversion strategy for yeah. your social media. Like really ask yourself, am I offending a subculture? Am I saying yeah. something that I'm going to regret three months, six months, four years from now? You know, am I being consistent in what I'm saying? Because, you know, once it's on YouTube, it's always there. So, well, let's, so let's talk about content uh, just for a little bit longer. Because um, when we talk about content, um, it, yeah, it can be images, pictures, colors, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because colors do a lot with invoking certain emotions when it comes to marketing. But when we talk about content, I think too often that we forget about uh, and you said a key word, uh, cultures and ethnicity and other things like that, that who are our target market? Mm-hmm. Who are we going after? Um, what are the nuances of some of those? And is our content tailored to exactly that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, so when we talk about content, it's no different than what we would do for any other marketing campaign um, out there. So... Unfortunately, most people think they know their target market. Very few businesses that I've worked with have I ever seen actually do know their target market. Target marketing is a concept that's easy to understand and difficult to implement, very difficult to implement. And so, you know, if you're going after a target market and you're trying to build content for that target market, uh, I would say how confident are you in that target market? How often has that changed? Are you after the same target market that you were after five years ago? Or does it bounce every six to eight months? Or worse, does it bounce every time you get a new marketing manager hired for your company? You know, because Mm. if you have a new marketing manager every time that says, oh, this is now our target market, you guys don't know your target market. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I I would totally agree. And just 
yeah, when you know when you know them and you know something about that target, I mean, the fine and you know I mentioned it, but the fine things about even what colors you should use in the and mar- the marketing can become significant. So and okay, I, I that's a great lead into what I would recommend because I just you know I went on this whole rant of how you you're never going to get your target marketing right, and I mean <laughs> everyone's like all depressed and like oh, I give up now. But the reality of it is, yeah, your target market is difficult to find out, but your brand and your brand concept is not. And so mm-hmm. if you want to – so, for example, you, you gave that Etsy example where you got a nice handwritten note, okay? Well, they need to stick with that. So if they believe in personal touch, high-quality products – They need to keep them personal touch and high quality. And what happens all too often is someone will be like, oh, yeah, we're personal touch, high quality. And then they're going to outsource all of their production. And they're now mass producing from, you know, Asia. And, you know, with mass producing from Asia, I'm like, "Mm, that's not personal touch. Like you deviated from what you stand for. And, you know. And, and so that, that's what I look at, you know, when I'm doing content is if you know your target market, great, hit your target market. That's going to be more effective marketing, but most of us struggle with that. So plan B is to go after your own brand promise and be like, what do we stand for? What do we care about? What's important to us? What are the things that are like, we will stick behind this from day one till day, you know, right. infinite. Versus the things that it's like, well, this is a campaign we're going to run for two years. And, you know, after, you know, after this campaign. So in our local area, well, not our local area. This is the Salt Lake area. There's a car dealership that keeps doing this We Hear You campaign. Yes. And, I mean, they have pretty much staked their claim on this. I actually disagree with it. I don't think it's a good marketing uh, a good marketing plan. I suspect they've dumped a lot of money and gotten very little results. But they're committed to it now. And so they better have training programs for all of their employees on, you know, listening to the customer. Correct. And if they think that they can sum that up in a quick, you know, new higher orientation, then they missed their internal brand promise. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's where I, another, you know, when, when you start to establish that brand um, as you're developing your, your content, yeah, don't make the mistake of changing too fast and too often. Yeah. We see it all the time. Change colors, change slogans, change. I'm like, no. Especially it, a government reason, organization. Tell me the last time Levi Strauss changed their logo. Or McDonald's or, or Nike. Coke. Okay. They have a base one that is always there that they're recognized by. They might tweak with some of the little special things that they advertise or but the base one always stays the same. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll see the Nike swoosh. And then for breast cancer awareness, they'll do it in pink. pink. Right. And that's that's it. And then when breast cancer awareness campaign is done, they'll go back to and, the And they classic. might place it, you know, on the side of the shoe versus the tongue of the shoe. But but the swoosh is always there. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I, I hate people get into it. A new marketing person comes in or a CEO. We need to change this up. We're kind of old. No. Okay, if you have a brand following, <clears throat> no, please don't. Yeah, okay? Coca-Cola is super Dude, old. Okay. It's 100 years old. Yeah, if you want to run Diet Coke now and have a little spiel with that one, that's fine, but don't change the traditional Coke, you know? 
I think New Coke is the prime example of that. Yeah. Like, if you guys pull up the story of New Coke, I'm not going to go into it right now because we need to actually wrap this up and uh, there's a couple more concepts that I want to make sure that we cover. But uh, pull up the story of New Coke and you'll learn the importance (laughs) of brand promise. Like, that is a classic. It's taught in every single MBA program because it was such a good, bad example, you know. So, uh, okay, uh, a couple things that I, I want to uh, I want to make sure that we cover before we wrap this episode up. So I did talk about prioritization as one of my big questions, and I feel like we hit on the prioritization. The fact of the matter is, is if you have a high conversion rate with social media, it's going to get a higher prioritization. Um, if you're doing exploratory, I always use the 80-20 rule where, you know, I will put 20% of my resources toward something new, something exploratory that I don't have a proven record on. Yes. 80% needs to be tried and true, the stuff that I know that works. And so if you're super excited about social media and you're not doing a good job with it, and, you know, you're stuck doing radio ads, but you know that the radio ads work then 80% of your budget should stay on radio ads and take 20% over to social media and try and improve that. Once you get some traction, then you can shift those budget dollars over. You know, once you once you put in a little bit of data behind it, which goes to another point that I really want to make. I have seen brilliant marketing strategies for businesses that have gone under. Finance is really the foundation of marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you don't have a brilliant financial strategy supporting your marketing strategy, then you've got it all backwards. So when I'm talking about this- You'll market yourself to death. Yeah. And and when I'm talking about this 80-20 resource management, like if you don't know what your marketing budget is, you've missed out on the financial piece. I, I have never seen anyone who hones in on their financials go out of business without some weird, you know, like COVID-19 weird kind of situation. And even then, they're advantaged because people that have clean financials, they weathered COVID-19 so much better than people that were just, you know, flying by the seat of their pants. But I've seen people with brilliant marketing campaigns go out of business all the time. And so you have to support your marketing with the financials. If you don't understand that, don't delve into the social media marketing. And that's that's one of the reasons why you and I, neither of us have really, you know, made social media marketing our expertise because we focus so much on the financial and the data, the market data, the, you know, the market research. Yes. Like that's that's the foundation. And then, yeah, build on that. You can make a lot of money with social media marketing. It's a great tool. It's there for a reason. It's been around for, you know, a couple decades now with a lot of success for a reason. Well, and that's when it comes to social media, and I love your 80-20 rule. You've talked about it multiple times, but you know, when, if you don't have set budgets, especially if you're going to explore, uh, do some exploratory marketing, Man, before you know it, uh, you know, you can have spent a lot of money because you think, oh no, it, this is the next piece that will get us over this or this, this is the piece that will get us generate the sales. This is, I mean, you, you can, you can market yourself to death before you even know it. So I was working with a business. Uh, they were spending between thirty to forty thousand dollars a year just on their uh, between social media and SEO and those kinds of things. 
And, um, you know, so when I came in to consult with them, they'd already been doing this for a few years, and I came in to consult with them, and I just asked them the question. I'm like, okay, what do you have to show for it? And they had nothing, absolutely Ooh, nothing. Gosh. And I'm like, thirty to $40,000 a year, and you have nothing to show for it, but some maybe this is good. And so I advised them to scale way back, way back, you know, and, uh, and push a totally different strategy. And so I followed up with them recently, and I'm just like, how's it going? They're like, well, you know, it's slow, but we're actually making traction. We actually now can link some of our sales to some of our digital marketing, whereas before we couldn't link our sales to our digital marketing. And I'm just like, well, I mean, think about this. You didn't get what you wanted. I mean, it was still kind of a, a, a drop in the bucket for them. But I'm like, okay, you're no longer spending the thirty to forty thousand a year, wasting the thirty to forty thousand yeah. a year, and now you're getting, you know, some sort of traction off of this. So you're at least moving in the right direction. Maybe this isn't going to have the conversion rates that you want to see. Maybe it's never going to make a ton of sense for you. But at least you, you know, you're 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 actually getting a positive ROI, even though it's small. You know, it's positive. It, and for those that are startups, set a budget. I see way too many. I'm startup. I'm just going to use free social media. I'm like, no, no, because you just you don't have enough following right now, mm-hmm. and it takes time to get it out there. I'm, I mean, anyone who does um, uh, brand awareness or they become um, a you know podcast. I'm trying to think of you know the social influence like the types. influencers. Yeah. They're not from day one. It takes most people about two years to have a significant following. Well, you know, here's another thing that I think is important to recognize. Your social media or your digital marketing or any of your marketing efforts, really, it, it comes back to, are you getting a return on investment? A lot of times people measure their success by how popular they are. And I've seen very popular influencers who can't, make money they have a you know they, they have this huge following yeah. and they have no idea how to make any money out of it and then i've seen people that have just very modest no one's excited about their social media following it's like oh you have a few thousand followers no no no. i have a i've hit my target market and i have a few thousand people from my target market that are actively engaged with me that's you know i would yeah. take a few thousand people from my target market than a million just random you know, random people that have no interest in buying, like, you, you know, so don't beat yourself up if you don't have these huge numbers. Look at the return on investment and be like, oh, okay, I'm making money off of these people. Right. Good counsel. Are we good? I think so. I've covered my points with social media. You know, I, I, I love it. I think people should be exploring with it. I think they should find ways to better uh, and actively use it. I think part of that, though, needs to be ad campaigns where you're using various social media, you know, and spending some money in those targeting those markets because most social media, uh, whether you like it or not, they're collecting everything about us, including your, you know, what color your hair is. Yeah. Um, so they know exactly who's using what in what locations, and you can be very targeted in, in some of your ad campaigns. Yeah. And, I mean, you've hinted at this uh, several times. I think it's worth, you know, reiterating but clarifying. Don't be afraid to spend money 
on your social media. Everyone thinks that they have to do only organic. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I haven't seen too many people that have been successful yeah. with only organic. Yeah. You know, I mean, those companies, they're in business to make money and they invest billions to see how to make money. And so their platforms are set up for you to spend money for them to make money. And so if you think you're going to get it on organic, I don't, I don't think that's going to work very well. No, it, it, it can, but, uh, it, it's going to be slow and painful. And if you can invest a few dollars through a budgeted process, you'll, you'll increase those numbers much faster. Yeah. Well, hopefully we gave you guys some things to think about with your social media. Uh, Hopefully that was good for even those of you who are a little bit more advanced. Uh, We'd love to hear any tips. Uh, You know, like I said, we're both open to uh, learning more about social media marketing. So if you guys have any tips that that you'd love to share with us, uh, please reach out. Ryan at marketingmanagementmoney.com. And we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.